Hey, everybody. Happy Friday. It really is Friday. We're actually recording on a Friday. Welcome back to FinTech Fridays. I'm Brian View, President and Chief Operating Officer of FinLocker. And I'm uh, super excited to have Eric Levin on today. Eric is someone I've, I've, I've known about for a long time. I've come to know pretty well over the last few years. And um, we'll get into this as we go, Eric. But you, you're, some of the things you do have inspired me to do a little podcast like uh, FinTech Friday. So for those that don't know Eric, Eric is one of the co-founders and executive vice president at Model Match. He's also a host, a podcast host, a fellow podcast host of a show called The Walk Podcast. I've been uh, blessed to be a guest on there. It's uh, actually a super cool, fun format. And as I teased out, part of my inspiration for uh for doing this uh, little FinTech Fridays podcast. Eric, welcome to my humble little podcast. Oh, I love it. Thanks for having me on. I always love talking to you, no matter whether it's being recorded or or not. Some of the real interesting conversations are when it's not being recorded. That's right. But you know, you can only go so far <laughs> when it's being recorded. <laughs> Those are part of the premium package, folks. If oh, that's right. We should tell, <laughs> that, hey, that's a great idea. We should talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> so you and I, um, we kind of have some some lineage, you know, at least our our business lines and and some of our uh, early relationships kind of line back to call it the uh, the early to mid two thousands. Um, for me, it was IndyMac Bank, and I think um, one of your your uh, early partners, uh, Drew, was yep. uh, was part of that through a through a kind of I'll call it an acquisition, but it was more like a kind of a market contraction acquisition kind of yeah, right. similar eerily similar but different to today's market um yeah so yeah we we kind of been around each other in in various uh forms for uh, quite a while and a few years back we got to uh, i think the first time we met was at a conference somewhere and um probably a, a a hotel a hotel lobby bar conversation that i think i think i think i could sort of picture it it was yeah. it was definitely a conference and it was um i think i was the I think I was the guy that was begging for a, a meeting with Brian View. Oh, and I don't know about that. <laughs> I think I think I got it, but I think I had to go in the back door. I think I think it was one of those, you know, you've got the you've got the 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 red rope, you know, these the VIP line to get through. You've got the general admission. I couldn't get through either one of those lines. I had to go through the kitchen. Yeah, and you clearly had me <laughs> You were you were uh you were like our guy in um uh, the good fellas going through, getting escorted through the kitchen. Oh, is that with, what it was? Didn't feel that way. <laughs> That's right. It didn't well, feel hey, that let's, way. But yeah. Let's let's jump in for those that um, that don't know Model Match. I think it'd be really interesting to have you kind of tell the story of Model Match, how how it came to be, um, and then you know, there's some there's some misnomers out there around, you know, what model match is versus what you really are. And I want to, I want to really get into it. Cause I think I, I know for a fact, there's so much more that you guys do than the market in general believes. So maybe just start with kind of the history, how you guys came to be. Yeah, for sure. So I, I think when, you know, when you were talking about Drew Waterhouse, who is another co-founder of Model Match, he's my partner. We've been partners for a long, long time. Drew and I got introduced to each other when I had an external recruiting firm pre-crash of 2008. And uh, Drew was running um, all of uh, really business development, recruiting, strategic growth for a little teeny company called American Home Mortgage right. 
that, um, you know, for me that the AHM is sort of that line of demarcation of when things really started to fall off of a cliff and you saw a company like that go, go bankrupt. Um, Drew and I got to know each other when he was there and developed a, a good connection because of the way that we believed relationship identification and management should, should really work. Um, i.e. recruiting. I, I'm yeah. actually one of these, um, I'm very proud to say that I came up as a headhunter. Um, I don't like the word recruiting though. We could talk about that in, in, a, in yeah. a little bit. There's some specific reasons why I don't like recruiting as it relates to probably what we're going to be talking about for the most part. Um, and again, we, we can come back to that, but Drew and I got introduced. We, we had some success together when I was external and he was internal. The, the crash happened in 2008, the world's coming to an end. And, um, we decided to do something together. So he and a core group from out in California and myself and a small group here in North Carolina, uh, started a company called Hammer House, which was a recruiting firm that specialized in mortgage banking. And we, we crossed over into some other financial services as well, but most of it was also production related. We did do executive and, and, and management level non-sales positions, but a lot of it was partnering with companies and also coaching and consulting companies on how to better manage their overall strategic growth efforts, adding loan officers, opening branches, acquisitions, wholesale account executives, um, correspondent AEs really across the board. What we also really felt was if you could build your messaging, your, your value proposition as an organization and as a local location within that organization relative to the producer, which of course that producer had to then extend that communication to the referral partner who right. could extend that communication to the consumer. If you, if you could really dial in that level of who you are and how to communicate it, that it makes it easier to then support companies for product development people or for uh, operation leadership or for marketing leadership. Your core competencies really start with who's the end user, right? Yeah. Is it the consumer, the referral partner? And so we built Hammer House, but along the way, we were the companies that were retaining us, which we were never we never set out to be a retained firm. The problem with being retained sometimes is that you really kind of box yourself in if you yeah. don't have proper rules and, and, and things in place. And so, but, but we did, we did end up retained a little bit and we were providing deliverables back to those retained customers. And those, those deliverables were, were basically conceptually, Brian, thinking of a, opportunity, a person, maybe Brian's a branch manager or a loan officer or, or an owner of a, of a company that we may want to merge or, or acquire, thinking about the process of identifying that opportunity, uh, engaging, nurturing, ultimately offering, hiring and retaining. Right. Very similar to the way a loan tracks through the LOS. So a prequal is data. It's really all a prequal is, right? It's a bunch right. of data. Then, to, then we go into processing and we really don't have a loan yet, but, but something more has happened than prequal. And then you've got underwriting and you've ultimately got clear to close. And then you've got closing, funding, servicing. Um, if you think about the opportunities that travel through your business development pipelines, you have opportunities that start off as data. I know who I am. I know who you are across some data points. We should probably know each other, but we don't know each other yet. It's right. like a prequal. That that's we, we call that prospect. And then it would move forward through other stages as well. The candidate stage, the meeting stage, the offer stage, and then the hire slash retention stage. And we were providing these static deliverables and Excel spreadsheets to our partners. And one day a CEO at an MBA event, as it usually is, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down with the CEO and I'm trying to get more business out of the CEO. Right. I want, I want, I want more business. And he doesn't want to hear me. And he starts scribbling on a piece of paper, basically our deliverable. And he said, if, 
if I could have this in a tech platform with full visibility across the enterprise, right? That would be really valuable to me. We're not tech guys, Brian. Like I, I'm still not a tech guy. Like I, I guess indirectly, I I am a tech guy, but that, that's not how I came up. But but Drew and I put it on the whiteboard and and as a goal, eventually brought in Kirk Waldfogel, our third day to day partner as a CEO. Kirk comes from tech and telephony tech. Um, and that's kind of where model match came from. So the easiest way to sort of describe who model match is foundationally model match is like your LOS for relationship engagement and strategic growth. Overall, we've added some really killer things since we yeah. rolled out the tech th though. And one of them is, is the value and sort of the push for data, 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 data. So inside of model match, we also have a proprietary data environment. We call it market insights. You don't leave our environment. Right. We've purchased NMLS and MLS data through from multiple aggregators. We, we, we model it. Um, we put it into a UI and, and that, that is easy to see and easy to manage and easy to filter down through some pretty, pretty deep filters. Um, because our users did come to us early on and say, we love the platform. It's holding me accountable. Um, I'm seeing conversion. I can report against it. I can figure out where do I need to be better? Where do my managers need to be better? But I don't know who to call. Right. And as someone probably like you, I mean, you spent a lot of your career uh, managing, training, coaching, supporting sales. Right. Um, that came across as an excuse to me. It, originally, it came across as, well, then you don't know your market and we need to fix that. We need to engage with your market more effectively so that you know who it is you should be building relationships with. But when you're when you when you convert to tech, that's the wrong answer. That's right. <laughs> it's the wrong yeah. answer. Yeah, it's it's. It's the, it's, well, you get it. it. It it was the opportunity, right? That was, that was the opportunity to take, take the platform from a, a single, you know, kind of deliverable based uh, platform to now it's, it's, you know, I think it's the system of truth. It is it's where everything starts. Well, that, well, and, and I also, the word efficiency is what always comes back to me. T technology should create an efficiency. Now you still have work to do. That doesn't mean sure. you just push button, get recruit or push yeah. button, get new referral partner. Um, it, 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 and I, ho hopefully I don't have to pay to say push button. I don't know if that was very <laughs> copyrighted at some point, but, but nonetheless, the, the user was right. And it was also a, a wonderful experience for us to remind that foundationally part of who we are and who we always want to be is when we get that feedback and there's an obvious use case for it. Well, then it's a matter of time and money. We, right. You know, this was several years ago, but we, you know, we, do we have the money to purchase that data? Do we have the time and the money to develop it in a way that's usable for, for our customers? And it's, it's been a huge win for us coupled with the actionable environment. Like I'm a, I'm a big believer. Look, data is great. Um, you know, you have a son that plays, uh, you know, competitive sports, you know, right. professional athlete, right? Um, he can, he can study all kinds of data to figure out the nuances of a pitcher or, or whatever, or, you know, what the, what a particular field plays like because of the weather and the humidity. And there's so I mean, if you're playing golf, same sort of thing. But at some point, you got to pick up the club. You got to pick yeah. up the bat. You got to throw yeah. the baseball. You still have to do something. Yep. Um, data without action has no value. Our environment pulls it all together. I love that. And, and since you brought it up, I'll, I'll share a little uh, antidote that came from my son. He, had, he, he pitched the other night and uh, went into the game leading by a run and left the game losing by a run. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, if you just look at the stats, and the result, it's like, oh man, that that sucked, that stunk. And then three days later, he texts me 
and he got his report, you know, they, they'd analyze everything in, 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 at, at that level. And that particular game has stuff graded out higher than ever in the season. But it came down to two pitches, you know, mm. two pitches out of 28 in that, in that particular inning that, that were the difference. But, but, he, but his takeaway was, you know, for him where he's at in his kind of this season, he's trying to build on the stuff because the, the, the big league team, they don't really fixate on the results in terms of ERA and wins and losses. They, they want to, they want to know, can you get guys out at this level? And right. absent those two pitches, his stuff was really good. So it's like, you don't have that without the data is, is the point. And, and you got to put it all together. I love that so much because you went directly where I thought you were going to go. And if you didn't, I was just going to grab it and run with it. And that is you've got data on the front end and you've got data on the back end. The data on the front end should be giving you an idea of of what opportunities you should be engaging with to, to, to save you time. If all I know is that there's a thousand licensed NMLS you know, IDs in Mecklenburg County in Charlotte, and I don't know that that's the real number. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. But if that's if that's the number, well, then, oh, my gosh, here I go. I guess I just need to start texting and emailing and calling right. a thousand people. But if through data and filtering, I can see that there's really just 25 that meet my value proposition and my minimum expectations, who right. I am as far as product mix, purchase to refi, average loan amounts, geographic presence. Are they are they with a bank? Are they with the community bank, credit union? Are they with an IMB broker? If I can scale that down, all of a sudden 25 doesn't seem like an insurmountable number. Right. Well, okay, that's great. That gets me started. But you still have to then do something. Now I have to load them into an actionable uh, platform or, or, or we call them requisitions that we're probably going to change those pipelines, projects, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Pulls in contact information, which is what Model Match does. We go, we go do that work for you, but you then still have to do something. So your son goes out and he pitches. He he did he did the research. He made the pitches. He had his outcome. But then what happens next? You know, if 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 okay, we lost the game, but I don't really know why. Right. How do I fix that? How do I get better? How do I improve upon it? So we also have a reporting environment inside of Model Match that allows you to post game. To watch, you know, you, you, you know, are we going to watch film? Well, right. same sort of thing. Maybe you're not really watching film, but that is kind of what you're doing. You know, what was our, what were our conversion rates? And and by the way, we can talk about this separately if you want. There's a whole nother issue that's happening right now that that I'm hearing more and more, and I really like that we're hearing it more and more. And that is just because you win a new referral partner, or you win a customer, or you win a recruit, that volume or revenue that you just generated, it might not be profitable at all because right. it's not a fit for who you are. You're getting exceptions. You're having to, you, you know, you're, you're jamming things through the system that's screwing up your operational loan flow as well. So that data on the front end and the reporting on the back end really helps you fine tune where should you be living, yeah. which also then creates an efficiency. Yeah. I love, I love the, uh, as you described kind of on the recruiting side, where do, where are they today? Are they at a bank? Are they at a community bank? Are they at a brokerage, et cetera? Before you even went there, my mind was, if I just started with the thousand, you know, records, right? Pieces of data. Which by the way, is what you and I did back in the oh, day. Oh yeah. 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 That's, and, and well, I don't even know. Yeah. We didn't, it wasn't public by the way. You had to go like. It was even it, harder. That's right. It was so hard. <laughs> that's right. Um, but your your platform's able to not only identify the person, all those attributes on who they are, where they're at, but you have you have the data on what they're doing 
what they've done and what they're doing. And when I, when I thought about it, when you were going down that path, my first inclination was, well, if, if I just go recruit the person and I don't know all that information and I've got this great conversation going with this loan officer, but it turns out he's at such and such community bank and they are the number one construction to perm lender and 95% of what he does is construction to perm on a, on a community bank portfolio arm. None of that's transferable to my business, right? That's right. And, that's and right. back in the day, those were the swings and misses that we would have had absent this data, this knowledge. Well, so let's, let, that's, a, that, that's a great segue into something else. The, again, the data is awesome. The data should create an efficiency. The data does create an efficiency when you use it properly. You do need to do some work, though, to make sure you've identified who you are as an organization and who you are in your local market. Right. Because uh, until you can sit down and say, my minimum expectation is X, you will start to make some um, adjustments that take you in the like, I just need a win. Well, that yeah. win could blow up your whole branch. That win could take you from profitability to, you know, to being in the negative. But there is value to having the wrong conversations sometimes. Yeah. And, and a couple things. If I'm talking to Brian and I start to realize that Brian's not a good fit, we're not a good fit for each other. I can't create value for you and you don't fit inside of my environment. That conversation, though, I might learn something from you about a, a builder, a referral partner, about something that's working for you in your day to day that I could transfer into my day to day. There is still value in that. Plus, I don't know what's going to happen to you or me a year from now, two years from now, right. five years from now. We might actually be good for each other. But here's the other thing. Data and maybe this also relates to, you know, you, you and I have kids close to the same age and um, generationally, generationally, things are changing. I'm not one of these that I think the world's coming to an end because of AI or because of social <laughs> media. I think when used appropriately, they can still create create value if you're careful. But here's something that I think is then now missing. Without those conversations, we've lost the muscle of asking questions that right. then lead us to where the real value is. So let's let's say through data, I, the person you describe is very niche. What if it's just vanilla? Hey, they do two million a month in volume. They're FHA, VA conventionals, down the middle of the fairway kind of product. They're heavy purchase. Um, and, and this is something we just added that will help. But until I have a conversation with you, I still don't know a couple of things. Number one, where does your business come from? Right. I don't know. Number two, what are your goals? What are your pains? What are your wants? Um, what, how do you see the future? Now, one thing we have added to Model Match is all the MLS data as well. So you can see the directional relationship between that branch, that loan officer, and where the business is coming from. Yeah. I can see their agent relationships. I can see my wallet share or their wallet share of that of, with that agent. So I can still get a little bit closer, but at the end of the day, if you're not making that phone call and having a conversation, if you can bring someone on without ever having a conversation, unless you're a call center doing refis, which right now, I don't know who those are. <laughs> um, that person's not going to last. Good, no. good luck. You're going to spend money on them and they're going to be gone six months later. Yeah, it's it easy happen. as it was for you to get them. It's even easier for you, you to lose them if that's if that's the uh, the strategy. Absolutely. This, this is a perfect segue into, you kind of tease this in the open. Um, let's talk a little bit about the word recruiting or recruit or recruiter versus, you know, re relationship management. And, and I think what we've been talking about really to me, you know, goes deep into the fact that this is not just a recruiting exercise. The example you gave of that wrong conversation, but turns out you're learning through that conversation and it may lead you to something else 
uh, you know, and that that's that's not recruiting. That's that's having a relationship. And just talk about yeah. how what your thoughts are on that, and then specifically how your platform really uh, nurtures that that part of the experience. Yeah. So I um. Uh, you know, several times a year, I have a chance to speak in front of large groups, whether it's at a company sales rally or a, a you know a president's trip or or a conference for that matter. And there's there's one speaking presentation that I did once where where it, on the agenda it probably said something about recruiting, but my the first slide said stop recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> and before that slide, though, I asked the, the group and it was a group of branch managers and regional managers. And of course, all their bosses were in the room. And I said, OK, um, obviously, I'm standing on stage for a reason. And companies always are looking to grow with the right people. And we're always looking for the next loan and truthfully recruiting a person that can bring a multiple of loans. Or if you're a loan officer, getting one more customer and one more loan is not quite as valuable as getting one more referral partner that can give right. you three loans per month. Um, I said, but when you think about, okay, I have to recruit, how does that make you feel? And I'm telling you, Brian, the whole, everybody, their shoulders drop. Yeah. They don't yeah. make eye contact anymore. Nobody wants me to call on them or talk to them. So the concept is stop recruiting. And, and here's where it really starts for most of those managers in the room. How did you come up in the industry? Well, you probably came up as an originator. You probably started off building a book of business. And then eventually you had the opportunity to influence others. You built a small team either organically or because that was now your new job, your new position. And you started building a local office or maybe a region. But there was a moment where for you to build your original book of business, you had to hit the streets, knock on doors, build relationships with referral partners, beg for that first loan, get that first one loan right, yeah. and then turn that one loan into actually multiples of loans. What did you call that process? And it's silence. Yeah. Well, why is that not recruiting? Why do you have <laughs> such a problem with with it? And I think I think part of it is the idea of cold calling. It's the idea of being told no. It's the it's the idea of being uncomfortable. But you were uncomfortable that first day you walked into that Remax office and you didn't right. know anybody with your stupid box of popcorn because you thought that would get you through the door, right? And somehow you were able to establish at least a relationship. So stop recruiting. Identify people that if I showed you a list of five or six people and their metrics lined up, their data lined up really well with what makes you special. If all I asked you was, do you think these are six people that you should have a relationship with? You wouldn't hesitate to say yes. Right. Just start. Just start there. Love well, model that. match then, you know, conceptually and then within the talent management system, within the SaaS platform, it encourages you to, to you to constantly do the next thing. I made a phone call, set an action for three days now to either send a text or start a text sequence or send an email or associate it to your, your CRM campaigns or make another phone call. But forget about it. The, the system will remind you to go do something else. If I have a conversation, it only lasts two or three minutes. Hey, man, enjoy your trip to Cabo. Let's catch up down the road. That's okay. Yeah. We're chipping away. We're building trust. We're building the relationship. So that's the whole concept to stop recruiting. The other thing is, is now that Model Match has really become an enterprise um, software platform for loan officers as well. So for an LO to go in, do the MLS research, identify yeah. agents that they should either be getting more business from or that they're not doing any business with and then follow the same processes. It really opens up that door for stop calling it recruiting, identify opportunities, build new relationships, nurture those relationships forward. And then we can talk about the art of closing, right? Yeah. And then yeah. we can, we talk that about, about that art as well, but that's conceptually the idea of stop recruiting. And what I've, what I've also found with us over time is that um, I think that, that, Early on, the perception of Model Match was that, hey, they're a recruiting firm. 
but it's not model right. match is a is a relationship development and management platform that extends nmls mls and even non-sales as well we have a lot of companies that use it for their operational positions their marketing positions it's the environment to collaborate with your team to notify to pull reports uh, look and i'm talking a lot because you know this is what i happened. love it but but you know i think about the, the next step which is if you're a manager and you're working with five or six LOs that have all said, I want to do one more unit a month. Well, if all you say is, hey, here's five agents, you know, go get them, Tiger. And yeah. then I meet with you a week later and I say, hey, Brian, how'd those meetings go? You're oh, they're pretty good. I'm going to have coffee with such and such. But if I could have an LOS that we both log into together, and I'm using the term LOS, yeah. you know, lightly, that we can log in together, I can see, oh, I see that you call these five people. I see you have a meeting with Joe over at uh, Coldwell Banker on Tuesday. Can I help you with that meeting? Right. You know, I see it now. I see that it's on Tuesday at nine. I'm going to be over in that area. Do you want me to stop by and say hello? N now we can actually work together. It's not that. just an emotional conversation. It's like tracking a loan through the LOS. Yeah, no, it's, it's, that's so powerful. Um, what, what, as you guys think, and you're a tech, you're, you're a tech company, right? You you guys have brought tech to this this part of the of the uh, of the process. Um, what's like? What's exciting for you on your roadmap? Like, what do you guys have that that you want to share? That's you know kind of on the roadmap that's coming soon that you think is pretty cool and going to be helpful. Yeah. Wow. What a question. So I will say one thing I'm very proud of, and and you know Thomas Sealbinder, our our head of product. Um, we we have our development team is in the United States. They're W two employees of Model Match. They move very quickly. They they understand our product backwards and forwards. They understand the needs of the of the the user and the user experience. And so they those they that that Wizard of Oz team they <laughs> they they come up with things that that blow my brain. You know, Drew and I have always sat in more of a. Um, a, a, that visionary sort of yeah. position where I can tell you what I think is going to work, but I don't know how to build it. I'm right, not a coder. Right, right. I'm, not, I'm not an engineer. Um, one thing I'm very proud of, Brian, is that over the course of the last 12 months, we've rolled out 13 new features and product updates, which I didn't realize was a really special thing for tech that's, companies in this industry. That's a lot, man. But that is a lot. And, yeah. and we're not going to stop. It, it's going to continue to happen. And, and that comes from feedback that we get from our users. I think roadmap, look, we, we, we have access and we have a lot of data that we're not even plugging into right. the UI just yet. And so we're having quiet conversations with power users and other partners about how can we best utilize this data to create a whole nother lever of what that user could do inside of model match to, to business develop, you right. know, not, not, not just recruit, right. To business development overall. That's one thing, you know, we, we've, we've done a really good job recently of, of, um, choosing and working with some really solid integration partners that bridges that gap for our users. Look, we've been in an environment where if we can help you reduce your tech stack, reduce your redundancies, level out your spend a little bit, um, a lot of our feature updates have and pushes have gone to to things like that. But look, there's there's more that's coming when it comes to how we're managing automation. Right. We've got some really cool AI kind of stuff gonna, that we're starting ask, to do. There's got to be something coming there. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we we've had some conversations with some great companies that 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 um, you and I both know that um, do such an amazing job of of AI and machine learning. And but what we find, and this is one of the things I love about our dev team, is that we go down the path and we think this is a company we can integrate with, but the dev team says we can build it. Right. 
we can build yeah. it. So, so you think about the way our market insights tool works right now, there's filters that you select, but we're already starting to have the ability to go into a search bar and say, Hey, give me this. Yeah. And then the system just spits out that it chooses the filters for you. But that's something that I see is going to be a, a huge part of what we're doing going forward. And, and then the other thing, Brian, I'm excited about is that, you know, we had a conversation this morning about a, a user that had some frustrations, not about anything wrong with the tech, but something that they wanted to do that the tech didn't do. And at the end of the call, um, I got, I got a call from the dev team and I'm listening and we both ended up at the same spot, which is, yeah. well, then let's do it. Right, right, right. And so who we are today is, is a product of what the users have asked for, who we're going to be six months from now. Same thing. Yeah. And I, I just knowing you, uh, knowing that knowing some of the team, when you talk about relationships and relationship management, it's not just talk. You guys actually live that. I think it's part of your culture and DNA. And so, you know, the conversation you just described that happened this morning is, is not just a one-off happenstance conversation. I, I think you guys, you get deep and, and, and it is a relationship that you build with your client and those, those power users. So hats off, hats off. Cause you guys, you, 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 you not only do the talk, you walk, you walk it right. And, we do. Look, I'm, I don't think any of us are afraid to stand in front of somebody and, and, ha and get peppered for five or 10 minutes about what they think should be happening or what, what they do, what they don't have. Um, but just like, you know, your, 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 your son, I mean, he, he, he clearly understands the value of small fail failures. H how do we get to the next thing if yeah. we don't break a few things along the way. It's just yeah. kind of the way that it works. And, and, you know, look, this is, we're in a difficult environment. You are with your customers. I am with my customers. Um, however, th these are the moments in time for them that if they're doing the blocking and tackling and they manage sustain, you know, that sustainability through this market environment, they're going to see the outcomes oh, and yeah. the results on the other side. However, if you're just winging it, if you're purchasing data, not doing anything with that data, not holding yourself and the key team accountable to, you know, it's okay. Let's go fail a little bit so that we can figure out what to fix. You're, you're probably not going to be around first quarter, second quarter, second quarter of next year. No, we've, we've seen this, this uh, play out in these types of markets where the other side of this, it's going to, the, the leaders are going to look a lot different. The leaderboard is going to change, you know, maybe not completely, but we've seen it decade over decade, cycle over cycle, the leaderboard names, literally like 80 to 90% of them change. That's right. And there's, there's companies right now that they're in the same market and, and I'm not going to tell you, and you're not going to tell our audience that they're killing it right now because they're not, No. but they're, they're building up for what they know is going to be on the other side is that's where the opportunity is. And, uh, yeah, I this is this this is the market of like offensive linemen and defensive linemen, yeah. right? It's not the sexy stuff. It's no. it's 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 dude, dude. You know, I think both of us are 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 have a relationship with uh, Matt Clark at at Churchill, and right. he puts out an, a really good e email in the mornings. And this morning, he talked about that um, that back and forth that that crash from Bull Durham had yeah. with uh, with the young and up and coming pitcher about you know, um, a dying quail, a gork, right. just, just one, just one dying quail more and yeah. you're in Yankee stadium kind of yeah. thing. Well, well, this is the market to take advantage of 
I hate to call it that, but these, these dying quails, yeah. the little, the little pop-up over second base that just lands freely in the, in, in the grass. But if you're not doing the blocking and the tackling today, it's, it's not going to work. And this is why I sometimes get frustrated as much as I just geek out on our data environment and it's just going to continue to get better and better oh, yeah. and better. I geek out on it, but also, I also stress out about it a little bit because if you're not doing something with that data, it's like a trigger lead. If you get a trigger lead, but you don't pick up the phone and try to convert it, what the heck was the value of That's the right. daggum trigger trigger lead, right? Yeah. But I, I loved Matt's comment today because I, I replied back to that email and just said, it's the boring stuff right? sometimes. That's the difference between the winners and losers. And then one more thought I had, I was my, my wife drugged me, although I had a good time. She drugged <laughs> me to... Uh, to kill a mocking, mockingbird last night. We went to the play. I only say she drugged me because I'm an old beat up guy and my legs don't work really well to sit there for three hours. And, um, but I remember there was the, a moment where Atticus Finch made the comment like, our darkest days are usually followed by our brightest days. Right on. And it made me think a little bit about the market that we're in right now. But, but like Atticus, who was in the courtroom, right? Defending an innocent man, you got to do the next you, thing you got to do you're it. not going to see those brighter days. That's right. And that's, I think probably uh, this will be a good one to close on. I think we, we share clients that have that mindset. Um, I I'm thankful that I don't spend a lot of time on, on conversations that are gloom and doom um, because the gloom and doomers aren't talking to us because their heads down right now, glooming and dooming about that's what right. is me that's instead right. of, instead of exploring, What's the next best thing I should be doing? What, what should I be thinking about now to position myself for, you know, Q1 of, of 2024 and beyond? So, well, and, um, and I know we're going to close this yeah. out, but we, but I um 100% agree with what you just said. You know, don't 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 we can't focus on the people complaining or asking for things that they haven't earned or that they don't deserve or they're still living in the the pandemic era where loans are falling off of trees and yeah. stimulus is flying all over the place. Like we're we're not there right now. But when I think about the podcast that you do, the podcast I do, the thing that gets me excited about the tech that we're building, it's the, the winners still boil down to those that have taken the time to identify, nurture, engage, build trusted relationships, and then maintain those trusted relationships. Look, I get so much value by knowing people like you, Brian, by knowing that I can text you with a question, something I'm struggling with, and you're going to hit me back with some level of honesty. If I didn't walk up to you at whatever point I walked up to you <laughs> and said, hey, man, we should know each other, even though you, I had to earn it. I wouldn't have that relationship with you right now. And, and it goes, that is the, this, what really separates a lot of the winners and losers when it yep. comes to anything that involves a relationship with a customer a referral partner or a recruit. That's it, man. Relationships matter. That's, that's the, uh, that's the title of this episode, right? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Stop recruiting, focus on the relationship. That's right. Eric, thank you so much for joining. Uh, always enjoy our conversations. Um, Again, folks, stay tuned for the premium uh, episodes <laughs> down the road. But seriously, thanks for coming on uh, today. Hey, anytime. Everybody, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you back here next Friday. Cool. That was awesome. Perfect, awesome. Was, did the video look okay? You